Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. And today I wanted to talk about WordPress. Although it's been kind of tempered in recent years, WordPress used to have a reputation as just a blog, but it's really grown into its own as a platform. It's extremely customizable and user-friendly, and it's kind of led to its prominence as the main you know, content management system, or CMS, that you know, developers reach for right now. Certainly not to say it's the only one. In fact, there are many, many, many CMSs out there, but... You know, if you're looking at market share, you know, WordPress is is highly used. And a lot of that comes down to its simplicity and longevity. So, you know, for myself, I am a WordPress developer. I've, I mean, I've done, you know, in other CMSs, I've developed sites and uh, projects. But, you know, I've, I've always kind of gone back to WordPress because, you know, in many ways it's where I started off, uh, you know, doing development for sites many, many years ago, but it's kind of grown, you know, with me and also as a platform, it just keeps getting better. Now, a lot of the arguments um, against it, you know, there, there are, you know, gripes or there are, you know, other ways to approach it uh, that some platforms, you know, solve better. And for sure, you kind of have to pick the right tool for the right project. But I kind of want to talk about, you know, how it can be used, maybe some custom uses, um, some misconceptions and ways around them, you know, and just kind of give you different ideas as to how you might use it and why it might be a good fit for your project. You know, and I, I'm not an evangelist for WordPress, but, you know, being a longtime user of it, you know, I have found that it fits or it can solve many of the pro- you know problems that I've encountered. So hopefully, you know, after talking through this, you'll kind of get a sense of what you can and can't use it for. So traditional websites, you know, kind of small to large business websites, nonprofits, um, you know, uh, church websites, uh, you know, just your, you know, just a blog, uh, those fit you know, the WordPress platform really well. You know, they they definitely are kind of the bread and butter of it. Uh, it has, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's easy to install. A lot of your hosting providers have like one-click installs, and it's very easy to set up. There's a ton of themes out there, uh, a ton of plugins, which is kind of one of the reasons it's so popular. It's its huge plugin ecosystem. But it's also just easy to use. So, you know, for those that don't have a ton of experience, uh, it's not hard to kind of jump in and just to create a page and to create some content. Uh, You know, as soon as you kind of get more involved, it can be, it it has its own difficulties for sure. But, you know, it's, it's not too bad. And compared to some of the other products, though, you know, coming out recently, one cost being free is nice. Uh, but, you know, those square spaces and Wix and that kind of product, which, you know, work very well definitely for, you know, their purposes, they all have their own kind of issues as well. Um, and, you know, as I kind of said before, definitely pick, you know, what will work best for you. But, 
you know, with traditional websites, it works well because you can, you know, provision a site, make a site, and then pick the theme you want, you know, and then just start creating pages. And it's not hard to do. And, you know, it's got a, you know, WYSIWYG editor. So what you see is what you get. Uh, and it's got a lot of ways to customize how that content displays. So you're right. Tradition, you know, if you're thinking of how it fits in the world of regular traditional websites, it does very well. And you can see examples up and down the board of this, um, you know, all over the place you'll find WordPress in use. And oftentimes it doesn't actually look like what you would expect. And so it kind of brings us into, you know, the more non-traditional website uses. Um, and a lot of these are based on the plugins that, you know, you might use with it um, or how you might extend it. Uh, but that's one of the strengths of the platform is all of the plugins and the ways to extend it, you know, and th these can be kind of styled in any number of ways. So, you know, just a smattering of things I've seen out there and ways to use it and I've built myself are, you know, help desks or knowledge bases. Uh, these are pretty common actually in some ways and there's some really good plugins for them out there. Um, and what they can be is just a way to organize your content. And one of the reasons this works so well within WordPress is it can, it ha, you know, natively has this idea of taxonomies. And so what that means is ways to kind of categorize or tag your content. And, you know, traditionally there was just categories and tags, but now you can literally have anything. Um, and you can create as many custom ones as you want. And so this really helps you kind of make the content what, what you need. You know, and to go along with that, it has this idea of custom post types. So in the beginning, there was just like the one, you know, basically like two types, posts and pages. But the way that the database was created and set up was that it wasn't hard to create a, another type. So I want to say around version 3.0-ish, you know, these custom post types came out. And once they did, it kind of extended what you could do. I mean, you can kind of create like, hey, I'm going to have an articles type. And so a lot of these plugins are leveraging that functionality. So I've seen project management uh, sites, and sometimes they are where you literally just log into the back end. Like there are plugins that make it so that, you know, you're always presented with um, a login screen instead of like the tradi traditional website. Um, and so you can go in and there's project management where you can create projects, which are also custom post types, and then, you know, all of the associated uh, details with that, you know, tasks or milestones and that kind of stuff. I've seen job boards create in there where it's, you know, having that big listing and, you know, you'll have that post type of jobs and you can categorize them and tag them different ways. Uh, same thing for CRMs, you know, the customer, you know, relation management systems, where, again, it's just built on this idea of that extensibility. Um, and, you know, one I've done a lot, which are event calendars. And there are some really good plugins and a bunch of them out there for this. Uh, the one that I've used a lot is the events calendar, um, which just continues to get better, but it's by no means the only one there. Uh, when we're talking about some other, you know, non traditional applications, uh, there's a couple ways, or, you know, three came to mind that, you know, I, I either done recently or I'd, I'd seen. 
Uh, and one of them is like a, as a kiosk. Uh, something I did was I created a kiosk uh, set up for a system uh, for a, um, a group in my area that basically you know was WordPress just for these sets of pages. Uh, they were styled differently, well, completely differently from the site. And so the kiosk itself was just, you know, had like Internet Explorer, well, Chrome in this case, uh, set to go into, um, you know, full screen mode to this specific site. Uh, and by doing that, you know, they could update the content in one place on the main site, but it would also update for the kiosk style pages. Uh, and it worked really well. You know, it, it is set so that, you know, as long as it's a touch-capable screen, you know, it works like any other, you know, web page. And the way that, you know, depending on how you create this, the page, it just needs to access the content that WordPress is doing. So as long as it, you know, it could send uh, Ajax calls to it to do that asynchronous type of um, updates, uh, which kind of brings me to the next thing I've seen, though I haven't myself done much with it yet, and that's using WordPress as a backend, you know, for its content management, uh, its user management, its um, uh, kind of organizational management for, say, a React or Vue-powered site. Uh, and I believe that WordPress.com, which is the commercial side of uh, WordPress, unlike WordPress.org, which is the open source side of things, their backend is actually now built on React. I think it was something called like the Calypso project. And, and really what it is, is kind of its first foray into saying, well, I can access all these methods and you know ways to present the data from the database, but I don't have to use a traditional WordPress uh, tags and calls and even PHP. You know, React and Vue, if you don't know, are JavaScript, um, I don't know if I want to call it engines or front ends, uh, frameworks that basically allow you to do these single page apps are very responsive apps, and both in terms of speed and styling that can then just interact with the backend. And in this case, the backend is WordPress. You know, it lets you actually uh, talk to it, you know, via its Ajax calls or a number of different methods and ways to do it, and you're able to present in a completely different way. So it's not just for those traditional sites, you know, uh, it can be used for just about anything. Now, it isn't perfect in every, every case, for sure. I mean, there are places where, like, having a ton of data and a, a ton of stuff, you know, might be difficult to organize and do that without some really specialized system but it, it can get pretty close to a lot of that stuff you know one of the other things kind of talking along with that was um you know searching through content if you have a ton of it you can actually integrate with uh, elastic search and that's a kind of a hosted uh, searching uh, service so i believe you can host your own but you can also integrate with their site, and which is really incredibly fast searching. But that's just kind of a way that like, you can extend a whole third-party hosted system onto WordPress. So I kind of wanted to go over a few of the misconceptions, at least I've heard over the years, and you know, kind of how you can get around some of it. 
um, you know, the first one I, I tend to hear is it's slow. Well, that could be true uh, if you, you know, have loaded it down with a ton of plugins and a ton of content and haven't done much optimization or just you're loading everything in the world. That can be true for any site and any CMS. I think some of the reason that it gets kind of that rap is that it's because it's very easy to install or try different things, so it can get out of hand quickly if you're not paying attention. Uh, but there are many ways to optimize, and this is via via the you know the theme itself, you know, optimizing the CSS, the JavaScript, you know, what they call the critical render path, or just the things that you need to show the user right away. Uh, PHP optimizations, like is your code doing what it needs to do quickly and efficiently? And like database operations, if you have a ton of content, is there better ways to tweak how your server's running, how it's you know presenting the content, um, how it's doing its queries, uh, is it caching it? You know those kind of things. So there's a ton of ways that you can work to bring down the load time, you know, and to make it very quick. Uh, one of the other things to kind of go along with that is. It's bloated, you know, it's got too much. And some of that comes from, you know, if you load on a ton of things and functionality, then yeah, it, it can definitely start to be a bit slower, a bit more difficult to manage. But I think it just comes along with being kind of judicious about what you put in there and choosing carefully. You know, maybe you have a staging site, you try out all this stuff. Uh, and make sure that it does what you want. Maybe sometimes you don't use a plugin that is off the shelf, but you build your own that just does what you need. Um, you know, in my case for this uh, podcast website, I wasn't a big fan of any of the podcast plugins out there, so I built my own. Now, it's not anything terribly fancy, but it gets the job done and does it very easily and efficiently. So, there are cases where, yeah, maybe you just build your own. Now, it depends on what level of, you know, familiarity or comfort you have, but it's worth looking at. So another thing, too, is can WordPress scale? Is it scalable? Uh, and, yeah, it, it's definitely diff you know, more difficult, and it's, that's kind of the problem with any CMS is that when you get into that, concept of scalability a lot of times that's a bit more specialized and you need to do more work but just to give you some ideas you know for mysql or mariadb um you know, could use galera which is their way to cluster the databases um, you can use GlusterFS, for example to cluster the file system across data stores um, and redis for example to share session information for php and by doing all this, you know, you can horizontally, <laughs> horizontally scale uh, your, you know, your site so that you could just add a new node on and it will share the, the load off of everything. Um, another thing that I've heard is, you know, it's not advancing fast enough. Well, due to the size of the e ecosystem and like how many sites out there use it, you know, they, they do take things a little slower. They want to make sure that updates aren't going to too adversely affect existing sites you know, or change the functionality in such a way that 
it will be very difficult for people to pick up. But a lot of the stuff they've added is over the recent years, it's just ways to make your life easier. You know, if you are someone who is just an end user of the site, so additional functionality, like in the latest one, they added a widget that can just display gallery on your sidebar if you're using widgets. And you might not think that's a lot, but it makes it a lot easier than having, you know, a third-party plugin that does this one thing when really a lot of that kind of stuff should be kind of built in the core. But, you know, an example of where they're trying to take things are, is something called Project Gutenberg. And it's a way to update the, ex, you know, existing WYSIWYG editor, you know, which is built on TinyMCE, and update the functionality to work a bit more like how more modern CMSs are going. And that's more of a block-based uh, approach. So I have different content blocks that I can move around, I can do it, you know, style in different ways. Uh, and it's instead of just this, you know, writing more traditional HTML, in my editor, I'm just kind of creating, well, this is a, you know, a text block. Uh, this is a picture block. This is um, an embedded video block. And you can kind of do that right now, but it's a lot easier in a more specific way with the editor where you can like drag the entire block around and move it to where you want it and those kind of things. So they're exploring that. They're trying to see how it would work in the ecosystem. And I think that, you know, it's getting um, pretty close to being something I think they're shooting for 5.0. I'm uh, not sure when 5.0 will release, but that's kind of their their target for that. And you know, it'll be, you know, soon. I think another year you know, or so, uh, but that's okay because you want to get it right. You don't want to alienate your existing users and you want to make sure it works as you expect. And finally, I kind of wanted to touch on one that comes up often and it's, is it secure? Well, it's extremely well vetted source code being open um, and open source, but most of the issues come around third-party plugins and just poor coding. Um, there are, of course, security issues as there are in any product, but it, they tend to get patched very quickly. Um, there's a lot of support and eyes on it. So even when things come up, they tend to be dealt with pretty quick. Now on the downside is, yes, it's one of the most popular platforms, so it's targeted a lot by, you know, um, ill-intentioned folks, but at the same time, you know, it it's got a lot of eyes and it's got a lot of very smart people looking at it. So I, I tend to trust that better than I would a closed source product that I, I don't have much eyes into. Um, again, it's not perfect. Things can certainly happen, but I think that you should not consider that as a, as a reason to not look into it and see, you know, if it would fit your product. So finally, uh, I wanted to say that, hey, if you haven't already, give WordPress a shot, um, give it a try. It might surprise you, and I think that there's a lot you can do with it. So follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte, and let me know what you think about WordPress. How do you use it? What are some non-traditional applications that you might have seen or done yourself? Thank you for listening, and I hope you join us next week.